All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, uh, you might have heard a little bit of laughter in the background. I'm going to introduce my very special guests here very shortly, but it has been a little while, uh, as in almost three years, a little while. We put out five episodes of A Love Portrait, and the podcast initially, at least the idea behind it, was to highlight romantic relationships, what it takes to create happy romantic relationships. And in the last almost three years, we've had a little bit of time to think about the podcast, and we're going to change things up a bit. Number one, we're going to actually shift to relationships in general, not just romantic relationships, but we think about relationships with friends, with family. Uh, Two of my family are here today. I'm going to introduce them in just a second. But the reality is that we're involved in a lot more than just romantic relationships. And I think it's poignant for us to focus time and effort and energy and conversation around not just romantic relationships, but with all the types of relationships that we experience in life, exploring how to create strong and ultimately happy relationships. And so that is the the shift in a love portrait. It is about all types of love and all types of relationships. And that brings me to the conversation today. I have two people sitting in front of me that um, I happen to love. Uh, Sometimes we're happy. And uh, we're going to explore what that's actually looked like over the last 19 years and 16 years. I'm joined by my lovely children, Austin. Hello. And Addison. Hello. And uh, we've been talking about doing this for a little bit. And I, I mean, I know I'm a little bit nervous I don't know if my kids are or not. They're just like, Dad, let's just get this over with. <laughs> um, but I thought it would be a really great way to kind of relaunch a love portrait to focus on the closest relationship to me. And that is my relationship with my kids. And so uh, this is a little bit of an experiment because we are shifting the direction of the podcast. But my kids were gracious enough to do this experiment with me. And so I want to get into just the backstory of our relationship. It sounds a little bit dramatic, a little grandiose, but let's actually go there. So Austin, you were born when I was, let's see, only 22. Mm-hmm. Just only three years old. Actually, not I'm even now. that. 21. Yeah. Only two years older than, well, I'm almost 20. So yeah. Yeah. 2002. Yeah. Super young. It, this was this was not necessarily, shall we say, planned. Mm-hmm. Just how it happened. Total, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I guess it would be interesting to just start with your first memory of mm-hmm. being my kid. I think it was. I think all of my like first memories of of just existing in general had to do with the the first like house that we lived in. Okay. Um, specifically, I just have a, have a specific memory of you out in the front yard helping cut down branches off a tree. Like that was in the front yard, the one tree that oh. was in the front yard while I was watching Dora. This was the Haney Drive mm-hmm. house. Yeah. Like our first house. Yeah. House. The first drive with the, with the scary, uh, the fungus growing in the, the front yard. Yeah. There was, there was this weird hole in the front yard from which was growing a variety of mushrooms it was one big hand skeletal hand looking mushroom i guess it was a mushroom yeah uh, and i had nightmares about it <laughs> <laughs> did you really yes i really did i had nightmares that i would that i would get really small and fall down into the hand yeah <laughs> that, I, there, I have one specific memory of that yeah well so when you were born we lived in a duplex at the time yeah. and we moved from there to our first but our first home this was and of course we live in chattanooga the chattanooga tennessee area 
And uh, it was on a street called Haney Drive. It was 119 Haney Drive was mm. our first home. It was a little corner house, one story, super simple, like maybe 1,400 square feet or something like that. You had your own bedroom. Mm-hmm. Mom and I had a bedroom. There was a living room, a kitchen, a dining room. There was, was an it. office, right? Was there an office? There, oh, there was an right. extra room. There yeah. totally was. Yeah. yeah, there was an office too. Yeah. All right. So that's your first memory mm-hmm. is the fungus hole in the front yard. Yeah, just that house. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Making ramen in the house, too. I remember that specifically as well. Ramen. Like yeah, top ramen. You yeah. could tell we were really rich back then. <laughs> <laughs> Just had good taste. 19 cent packs of yeah. top ramen. Okay. All right. So we'll, we'll come back to that. Addie, you're now 16. Austin's 19, almost 20. Addie's 16, junior in high school. Austin, yes. by the way, is a fr- excuse me, sophomore, sophomore in college. Yeah. I should really let you introduce instead of just rambling <laughs> on. Sophomore in college where? At UTK, University of Tennessee. Studying? Yeah, uh, jazz performance, saxophone. Okay, yeah. we were just listening to a little bit of your uh, your performance a few minutes ago. Yes. And man, you've taken massive steps, even like in the last six months. It's been pretty exciting to see. All right, <laughs> but jumping so. back to Addie, so you were born in 2005. Yes. So you're about three years older than Austin. Younger. What's that? You said older. Oh, did I say older? Oh, <laughs> wow. Yeah, I'm really with it. <laughs> So, but I'm thinking as I'm talking, I'm thinking about the, the video that we have Mm -hmm. of, let's see, you had woken up from a nap and mom and I were working maybe downstairs and I was like, Austin, and this was, this was a relatively normal thing. I think we would say, Austin, Addie's up. Can you, can you just run upstairs and go jump in a crib with her Mm -hmm. and and then we'll come get her in just a second. And so I turned the video camera on. We walk into Addie's bedroom. We had lived in a different house at this point. And you had your own bedroom, Austin had his, and we walk into your, your bedroom and you're sitting there in your crib and Austin's in there with you. He climbed in the crib with you and he'd also brought a box of blocks that he had dumped into the crib yeah. and was keeping Addison entertained. Do you remember that? No. Okay. You don't? Definitely not. No. You don't, do you not remember any time that happened? Mm-mm. Oh, wow. That's crazy. It happened enough, right? I did it a lot. I would bring in the, the Duplo, the child, the Duplo Legos, and yeah, we would dump them in the in the, the crib and we would play with them. I remember you coming into my room after I'd taken a nap a couple of times, but not really anything mm, not specific, specific, just a, gotcha. just an instance that it happened. All right. What's your first memory then of being a kid? And, Pro- oh, go ahead. Probably. I think it was Thanksgiving. And the, like the whole, it was the only time I think the whole family had come down to our house. And, mm. Like we hosted Thanksgiving and you and your brothers went outside. It was snowing. It's like, <laughs> That's right. and you and your brothers went outside in the snow and just like, we're jumping around just like in like shorts. In our boxers. I yeah. Think. Boxers, yeah, shorts. yeah. I think it may have even been Christmas. Okay. Yeah. It was either Thanksgiving yeah. or Christmas. I just remember it was snowing and you guys were being crazy just in your shorts or boxers or whatever. And just running around in the snow. I thought you guys were crazy. It wasn't kind of. It was kind of crazy. That's not like the normal picture of yeah. the Holritz brothers. The Holritz brothers. No. We don't tend to be too crazy. Yeah. That's kind of okay. So that was your first memory. I wow. think so. That's so, you, so funny because that's like very vivid for me. Like that's definitely within. That's definitely within my. Like I remember that whole yeah. Christmas. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. So I guess fast forward a little bit. Your so actually before we fast forward. This is the house on Robin Glen Robin Robin Drive. Glenn Drive. Yeah. This is out near Hamilton Place mm-hmm. Mall in Chattanooga, Tennessee. It's the quote-unquote big mall the big in mall. Chattanooga. And we lived there. Um, 
Well, I guess altogether, you guys lived there for how long? 2005, I think, was the year we moved there. Maybe right before you, moved you were there born. Right before I was born. Yeah. I mean, all the way until 2014. 2016. You were there for it was, it was more than that. Yeah. 2016. So 11 years. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think I made. Yeah, something like that. Now we can talk about this as little as much as you want, but mom and I split back in 2012. Mm-hmm. And you would have been so about seven. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you were seven at that point. And you were, I was just starting middle school. I was just starting fifth grade. So I was 12. I think I was 12. Well, if you were seven, you would have been 10. Yeah. Maybe 11 at that point or close to that. Yeah. So obviously tough time um, and a pretty big transition because at that point I moved out and I moved, well, I ended up moving across town to Hickson. So what, like 15 minutes away Mm -hmm. or so. Mm -hmm. Do you have any memories of, of that? like that experience and kind of what we went through at that point. I have an oddly vivid memory of moving into our first apartment, like the first like two bedroom apartment that we had. And I felt very exciting. It was like the first time I had been in a new house that was going to be mine. Oh yeah. So it was like oddly exciting. I was like, it's a new, new place. So, but that the first apartment that I moved into was only a two bedroom. Mm-hmm. So you and Austin shared a room. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We set up one of those, kind of <laughs> Japanese style um, paper dividers, like wooden paper dividers yeah. between the two of you. And I don't think either of you were really too stoked on that setup, right? Initially? Well, the divider was my request because I remember waking up in the middle of the night and Austin was staring at me <laughs> in his sleep. And it was kind of creepy. I don't remember that. <laughs> Weirdo. <laughs> okay. So that, I think we were in that apartment um, well, in that apartment, individual apartment for like two months or something before I managed to get a, a three bedroom. I think it was complex. a little bit longer. I think it was longer than that. Than that. Yeah. Okay. Like maybe six months. So that yeah, initial excitement yeah. about being like in your own room, was it then that three bedroom apartment that you're talking yeah. about? Okay. Like you have your own space. You can set up the way that you want to. We, I think we went shopping for like decorations yeah. and bed coverings that, that looked like you wanted them yeah, to. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. What about what about you? What memories do you have around that time? Oh, well, I, the biggest thing around that time was definitely, I mean, the initial, like, divorce was weird at first, just because, honestly, I was just used to hanging out with everybody mm. or just mom. Like, I feel like I spent more time with mom at that time mm. beforehand. So that was kind of weird. And then really the big thing, though, was going from a, a private elementary school to a public middle school. Hmm. that was so that compounded everything that was i think around that time was actually the worst so like i don't know six months or a year after the actual divorce happened so that yeah that the split happens and then and that's a big of change to, mm-hmm. to say the least mm-hmm. for you guys to go through and process and deal with because you're you're living with mom basically half the time and me half the time and then we mom and i had had some conversation about the school where you were going, the private school you were mm-hmm. going to at the time. I mean, it, it wasn't compared to some of the private schools here locally. Yeah. It wasn't super expensive. Not that kind of private school. Right. Yeah. But it was still costing us a number of thousand dollars a year. And uh, it was, we didn't have a ton of money. And so it was something that was a, a bit challenging. And so we, long story short, ended up making the decision about going to public school instead of this private school. Now, you'd been at the private school for how long at that point? Six years. So you developed some pretty close relationships, yeah, Austin in particular. Only like f- maybe 40 people, maybe, in the grade that I was in. 
and we all knew each other for for a really long time. So I'm I'm going actually going to be a groomsman in someone in in the wedding of someone who I met in second grade there. Whoa! Next year, so that's good. Yeah, well, it's crazy. First of all, let's also keep in mind that I got married. Mom and I got married when I was not much older than you right. are now, yeah. which is pretty wild to think about. I mean, time flies in some ways. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay, so that's a pretty big change, though. To go, for, I mean, no longer are you living with mom and I together and that kind of family unit. And then on top of that, then there's change where you're, it's not that you lose your friends, but you don't get to spend as much time as you were with right. this group of friends at the private school and you go to public school. What was toughest about that? I mean, a lot of different aspects of it. It was getting adjusted to a schedule, um, the bus in the morning, if you remember that doing the bus at first, uh, it's not something yeah, that lasted very long. <laughs> no, it was pretty brutal because you guys had to get up at like five thirty or something insane, right? Yeah, the bus was bus got there at like six thirty or something like that. Maybe a little bit for early. You. Yeah, for me, like six thirty, six forty-five. Uh, that did not last long, though. So, would you say? I mean, that being maybe even more impactful for you, or just I guess compounding what we you may it have just compounded. Been. Okay, yeah. Was there any like frustration or disdain with me or toward me? Her mom. Oh, I don't with that towards the school specifically. No, no. To, well, yeah, it, because of the experience of switching schools. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, probably. Okay. I think I just wanted to stay at the uh, the other school. Like, I I kind of got why I couldn't, but I I it was rough. Like that first semester of uh, first two or three months of of that of of middle school was really really bad for me. So, what was toughest about it? Being feeling completely alone, hmm. really. Like having not really the only friends I had were the ones at the old school. Um, I made like one good friend that whole year. Hmm. So, yeah. Do you still have that friend to this day? Oh, it's, it was Jacob. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So what about you, Eddie? Was that, was that a tough shift for you going to, uh, you went to DuPont. Yeah. So it was weird switching because for Austin, it was switching from fifth grade to middle school, which is like a normal switch that a lot of kids do. I was switching from second grade to third grade, mm. and that was it was rough. took me a minute to like actually get some people that I knew. My teacher was great. What was your teacher's name? Oh, I can't. She left the year after. Okay. Like she left when I was in fourth grade, so I can't. I never saw her after that year. Mm. But she was great. She was like, like, are you new at this school? And I was like, yeah. She like stuck with me and tried to help me figure out a bunch of stuff, like help like grouped me with people she thought I'd be friends with, stuff like that. And it ended up getting me some friends that lasted me for quite a while. Hmm. I don't think I have any friends from like my first year in third grade anymore. I have some kids that I still talk to, but nobody that I'm like real close friends close with friends anymore. With. Whereas Austin, you and it may have been had something to do with your age too at that point, but the the fr- group of friends that you developed over the next year or two, you're yeah. still friends with a lot of them now. Yeah, most of them, most of the friends that I made in seventh, eighth grade were just like a total ragtag group of people. But um, yeah, definitely we still hang out and talk, talk constantly. So, so I, I want to kind of rewind in time just a little bit. Part of the, I guess you could call it challenge of, of this, or not even challenge, the goal of this podcast is to kind of explore challenging circumstances or experiences in a relationship and talk about what we've learned from them, hopefully. (laughs) And you can be honest, as honest as you want here. It's not going to hurt my feelings. Uh, I want to, I want to go back. Maybe we'll kind of separate 
your existence as kids, 16 and 19 years, and, and more specifically as, as my kids, and your experience with me as dad, what was it like? Let's, let's go back to the Robin Glenn Drive house. Um, what was your experience? And, and maybe we should say the more, more challenging experience or experiences that you had with me as dad at that stage of, of life. Cause that, I mean, I th- just think back, it's not just about time it was years and years mm-hmm. ago, mm-hmm. but I think back just for me personally anyway. Um, and I know our, our perspectives tend to be somewhat maybe blinders on at times, but I know I was a drastically different person then. Mm-hmm. Um, would you, did you have that, that same experience? What, what was it like? It's funny. I don't, I kind of don't remember a lot of interaction with, with either of you guys, with either you or mom back then. I mostly just remember things about the house and events and, and things of the sort. Um, you definitely, there was like a religious aspect that was kind of following through for a, a period of time mm-hmm. while we lived there. Mm-hmm. Um, that was probably one of the biggest things. Um, yeah, that was honestly probably one of the biggest things. It's just stuff that you had carried over from like with, from your parents. Yeah. Do you remember being that young any specific frustrations with me as a dad? Maybe I, th- I think I have a very specific memory of uh, some incident involving candy, right? Eating candy that I wasn't supposed to. <laughs> and I had, I had, so I, I had done something that was, that was wrong, but um, you had asked a question about if I had eaten the candy it was something specific and I had misunderstood. And so I had answered it as a lie essentially and i remember just being frustrated that i couldn't couldn't explain my thought process like that i had done something wrong but that Mm. i hadn't also lied on top of it essentially but i didn't give you you said you didn't have the opportunity to explain to explain yeah to hear me out to do that okay so i think that kind of thing that's probably reflective of of that that era yeah so i want to come back to that addy do you have any particular memories of me as dad back then robin glenn house not really honestly i remember hanging out a lot together like the four of us yeah but nothing in specific of just like just you i remember we danced a lot in that like the weird side room i think it was supposed to be a dining room oh yeah but it just had like a desk in it that nobody ever used that's right yeah and it was some a- boxes the, the junk room <laughs> boxes that's funny it was a it was a dining room. Yeah, that was off of the the main kind of living room area that we used as, the a, as an office and studio for a lot of the time that we lived yeah. there. Mm-hmm. And for anybody listening and who doesn't know, myself and and Amber ran a photography business out of that that home. And so yeah, that was kind of the meeting space. And I had my desk in there for a while, mm-hmm. and then I shifted the desk into that room, yeah. which was technically a dining room. And we had had a big, like, fancy dining room table in there that we ended up clearing out because we'd never sat there. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And we would just eat, like, in the kitchen or whatever. Yeah, at the kitchen table. Yeah, I just remember we danced in that room a lot. Mm. Like, I have one very specific memory of spinning. Like, you had my hands and was spinning me, and I felt sick after. Like, I felt so dizzy and, like, was going to fall over. But it was really fun. I just remember lots of very loud, probably kids bop. Yeah going on probably yeah you guys run that that bony ver wave pretty early too oh really back yeah then? yeah M- maybe a little bit <laughs> it was definitely in that house i know that i know that much i definitely remember hearing early bony ver huh. in that house yeah a music by the way for anybody listening in who doesn't know bony ver like five second summary of what bony ver is really good uh singer songwriter 
electronic acoustic music yeah it's beautiful yeah. it's stunning stunning if, if you haven't had the chance to hear bon Iver, you need to just do a quick search on spotify but um that's really random okay so bon yeah Iver. but i you know what i do remember speaking of dancing in that dining room is that i think i've got video somewhere of you and austin dancing together really? in that room as well yeah i need to go back and look for that now. i don't really remember the dance this i sort of do but i don't remember this i call it dancing like loosely oh sure it wasn't it wasn't dancing. It was just lots of spinning <laughs> and probably some falling on purpose. That's yeah. how I dance now. So <laughs> Me too. it's okay. That's fair. So there's a picture actually over here. So to our left, and maybe I can post this picture in the show notes when we uh, push this episode out, but uh, there's a, a picture framed to the side of us here. We're sitting at our dining room table currently, and it's a picture of Austin when I think you're what, six Sure. And Addie is three. And this to me sums up what relationship you guys had for so long, especially back then. I mean, you're, you're, you're just hugging Addie and Addie's leaned in and she's just got this bright, bright smile. You can almost hear her laughing. You're probably tickling me. Probably. I can imagine. Yeah. yeah. But you, you were, you were such a, you were a protective brother, but you guys had a cool relationship too. Um, and Addie, you had such a, like, just a bright energy about you. So when you talk about dancing and spinning around, I mean, that just yeah, probably came very on brand. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll have to figure out how we can get that image in the show notes for everybody listening in. Okay. So we can kind of segment our relationships, if you will, Rob and Glenn. And, and then we move into you, the three of us move into the one and then the second apartment, the, the three bedroom apartment. And this is late 2012 or thereabouts. And um, thus begins kind of a new dynamic in our relationship, right? What are the initial memories of living together in that apartment? Other than, Eddie, the excitement of having your own room. <laughs> like the first Christmas together. I was actually, that was actually what I was going to yeah. talk about was, was getting to know each other. Like hmm. trying to, getting, having, having to understand each other as a trio instead of the four of us together. Hmm. Because I remember uh, that Christmas getting these, getting gifts from you that I enjoyed, but weren't necessarily exactly what I wanted <laughs> yeah. and talking to you about that. I don't know if you remember that. Don't. And just feeling super guilty that I didn't appreciate these presents as much as I should or something like really? that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, wow. That's and things that's like been that. Close to 10 years ago. It's a long now. time ago. Or nine years ago. I would ago. say you're a much better gift giver now. <laughs> <laughs> well, good. I've learned something. Yeah. <laughs> I'd say so. <laughs> All right. Podcast episode done. <laughs> wow. No, I don't remember that conversation. That's wild. Yeah. I, we, we had, so if you remember that, the, the living room, you know, I think you're right, Addie. We didn't, we didn't move into that three bedroom for a few months because mm-hmm. the first Christmas was in that, fir- that mm-hmm. two yeah, bedroom. Yeah, we didn't move until like... Over, probably around March of 2013, I think, because I remember moving okay. really that close to my right. birthday, but yep. we had my my birthday in the new apartment. Okay, that yeah. sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah. And there's that, so that first apartment, then it had this, do you remember the massive mirror? Yes, in the dining room. I forgot about that. <laughs> the dining yeah, room table. yeah, oh wow. And then so we did the, like the Christmas night setting up the, the Christmas, or not the Christmas night, but like pre-Christmas, yeah. getting ready for Christmas, mm-hmm. setting up the Christmas tree. And it was kind of a tradition to do like Christmas type snacks food while we're putting up the christmas tree right crackers Cheap and charcuterie cheese. board yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. walmart Some charcuterie spray board cheese, maybe yeah, yeah. Cheese. Mood. and then i think 
I'm, I'm thinking maybe of pictures. We were talking about that that mirror around the dining room table. Um, a picture of a plate of eggs Christmas morning. Like did we do, we did eggs and cinnamon rolls. Cinnamon rolls yeah. for sure. Yeah, yeah. Always cinnamon rolls for Christmas. Always cinnamon yeah. rolls. It's kind of mandatory. It is okay. So, but that initial experience outside of the the poor gift giving on my part, <laughs> um, Austin, back to you first. The initial experience of being a trio. Mm-hmm. Anything as it relates to the relationship in particular that that stands out. Like what was it like having me as dad in that dynamic? Um, I, it was, man, I I think there was a lot of, on your part, pushing us towards certain things. Mm. Like that was when I started playing that fifth grade year was when I started, when I first picked up saxophone, uh, and then I put it back down again because the band program that we had wasn't very good. Um, so I remember a common theme, even since then you pushing me towards practicing, uh, for, you know, 10 minutes a day or whatever it was back then, um, putting like a shirt down the bell of the, of the saxophone to make sure that it was quiet. Did we even do that back then? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I don't even in an apartment complex. Anybody who's never been around a saxophone before even blown like at half effort, it's loud. pretty loud. Yeah. 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 So definitely pushing us towards that kind of thing. But I also remember, uh, like kind of the experience of watching movies together the three of us just the first time specifically the kind of the t- early 2000s hulk movies hmm. um for some reason i have that one specifically in my mind from that house so there was a combination of learning trying to get adjusted to being pushed towards things that i didn't necessarily want to do not that i didn't want to play saxophone but i definitely didn't want to practice it regularly um but then also again like learning more about each other yeah, there was, and, 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 well, a couple of things. So one, I, I forgot to mention the highlight for me, thinking back to my relationship with you guys early on. So when we were still in that Robin Glenn house, uh, and I, I say highlight, maybe that's not the right word really, because I look back in, on it with embarrassment, but I know that I had pretty significant anger issues back then, and I would, I would snap really easily. And both of you were so gracious. And I, I still remember, and I've told this story multiple times elsewhere, but Austin, you in particular you were, you were so mature in the way that you would have conversation the way, I mean, by the time you were two, even you were starting to have these surprising conversations with us, but the way that you would respond to me, and there was these certain, there's certain instances where you did something, I snapped and yelled and it happened. And, and then I would apologize and say, look, I, I shouldn't have done that. I'm sorry. And, and even collectively, like if it happened around both of you, I would apologize, say, I'm sorry. Look, I, I shouldn't have behaved that way. It was a, it been a tough day or stressed out because of this thing or that, but it's not an excuse. Shouldn't have done it. And I would apologize. And this happened, I don't know, two, three, four times. And it happened again one time. And Austin, you came back with, and I, I just, I got upset and there was no conversation. Mm-hmm. And your response was, are you having a bad day, dad? <laughs> <laughs> and it was just, like, it was the sweetest, kindest thing, but mm-hmm. you had just kind of learned this pattern, the unfortunate pattern, but this pattern of the way that I would respond and, and then the reasoning, I guess, that I would give mm-hmm. for why I hadn't responded that way. I can say certainly, and I'm, you guys tell me otherwise, but I know that my, I've, that is something that I've improved over the years, oh, my yeah. response mm-hmm. to you all. Yeah. And, and we can talk more about that if you'd like. But when you talk about learning together, I was already going through a phase of my life, at least to a point where I was, I was seeing my shortcomings and, and beginning to at least process them and, and try to work on them. 
And we started, we, and I'm looking over at our refrigerator right now. Oh, we have yeah. a list of what we call rules for life. And yeah, and we've got a, a print on the wall in the background as well. Uh, thanks to Jill, my girlfriend. But we, these were ideas that I had already kind of thought through myself, important concepts that I had learned at that point in my life. And mm-hmm. I was only in my, my 30s, like I guess early 30s. And I wanted to share some of these with you. But then I said, hey, can we sit down like together and talk about what we feel are the most important principles that we should live mm-hmm. in our day-to-day lives. And I think we did this at one point. We went to it. There was a restaurant at the mall. It's a Brazilian steakhouse or something right now, but there was some restaurant there, and we all went and had dinner together and sat, and we talked a little bit about it. Do you remember that? It was no. probably that teriyaki place that's at the mall, the whatever it's called, with the teriyaki and the rice, and you... This was a restaurant that was up upstairs, not in the food court. Like an actual sit down. Yeah, a little sit down oh. restaurant that, that was there, and we I don't sat remember. down. No, 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 I don't remember that. So we kind of came up with these ten rules for mm-hmm. life, and and these were something that we posted, and and I wanted right. to, and I think we reviewed on a regular basis yeah. for a little while. Yeah, I definitely. Yeah, yeah. Any of those? Do you, without looking, do you remember any of them? Well, I was just looking at the poster, so it's kind of cheating. Oh, it's right there. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I remember having to. I don't know if you had us memorize them, but I definitely had some of them memorized. At one point or another. We may have. Yeah. I remember very specifically talking about the, one of them is ask why. And I very, very, very vividly remember talking about why that's important. Hmm. Especially, I think we were talking about it centered around school. Like they tell us to do a specific thing, but ask them why or ask why this thing in English is the answer it's supposed to be. Ask why, what's the reasoning so that you can learn it better. And like around other rules in any other situation. I think that's mainly how we surrounded talking about it. Well, that, that was, yeah, don't be sheep, right? Yeah. yeah. Question everything. I, I grew up in a world where you didn't really question things. You weren't really allowed to freely question yeah. things. And I wanted to encourage you guys to learn how to do that. Yeah. So uh, just very quickly for everybody listening in who's, who's curious, there are, well, we have 10. Um, and I'll just very quickly read these off. The, the, the highlights anyway, the main points, the bullet points, empathy, ask why. Number three was a good listener is rare. And then uh, the follow-up that just to give a little bit of context, shut up, make steady eye contact and empathize, ask lots of questions and don't assume. Each of these have little bits of text after them to explain them. Number four was communication is key. Number five was take advantage of opportunities to compliment someone. Six was you choose the life you want. Austin's yawning. He's already bored. So conversation. (laughs) Just kidding. Uh, number, Number seven was do as in it's easy to talk about something, but what are you going to do about it? Eight was beliefs drive everything. And this is a conversation in of itself, but I was mm-hmm. trying to teach you guys the significance of beliefs, not religion in, in the religious context, but context, excuse me, but beliefs just in general and how they literally drive mm-hmm. pretty much everything that we do. Number nine was don't take, take things personally. And 10 was relish in the now, soak in the moment. So anyway, those are our rules for life. But yeah, I, w- I was kind of in a learning mode myself and I wanted to take you guys along that road. Mm-hmm. What do you? What would you say at that time of, again, our relationship? This is starting nine or ten years ago. What was the one of the biggest challenges from each of your perspectives in your relationship with me? How do you start? I remember you pushing me more in school than I was really used to, uh, and that was something that was difficult to get, maybe get used to. Mm. Like it was something I needed. Like I needed to be pushed, but it was just something that I had to get used to and learn how to like talk to you and say like this is a little bit too far don't know if i'm going to be able to do this just stuff like that being pushed especially in school and practice with like flute and 
yeah, mainly that. Like actually doing the things you say and like working harder on this stuff, mm. specifically in school and music. And and we can talk about this more in a little bit if you want. But like this has been something even in our recent conversations too, where I'm I do I push you, and I know that you're you're like a softer, sweeter personality yeah. just by default. Um, than, than Austin, who's just an absolute jerk. If I, no, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> but like you, you are, you're the, of the two of you, obviously different personality types. You're the softer kind of sweeter persona. Again, I looked at this picture of you over here as a three-year-old to me. And I've told you this recently, even to me, like that's you. And I have to keep that in mind. Cause the last thing I want to do is to, by being too hard on you, push you too much to like, to crush that spirit. Mm-hmm. And I've, and I've told you that recently, but yeah, I, I can see what you mean. Like, I, I, know, I know, and there may have been extra pressure at the time. Like, I'm a single dad, and I'm trying to, to I want to make sure that you turn into this incredible kid, and it's on, on me to, to make sure that I push you. I know there were times I probably went too hard with it. Would you say? There were, but we talked. We were able to talk about it, and I was able to be like... Too much. This is a little, little too far. I don't think I can do that. Um, and then we would talk about it and figure out what I could do instead to make it a little bit easier, but still get the same kind of result from that. So I want to come to you with the same question in a second, Austin, but you mentioned something which was talking and whether it was the conversation about me and mom splitting or these, these principles that I was trying to teach you guys, I tried to be proactive in communication with both of you. And and I also tried to, and I, I said to, I know I said to both of you over and over again, I want to create this kind of open door policy with communication. Mm-hmm. I wanted you guys to feel comfortable. I know there were tough topics and maybe you didn't always feel comfortable. Did you, what was your experience of that? Did it actually feel comfortable talking about everything or were there some topics you felt like you still couldn't approach? What are your thoughts? I just think it was usually the three of us. If we sat down to talk about something, it was going to be all of us, not just two of us. Mm. Um, and I feel like sometimes I just didn't know how to talk about something. In that makes specific. sense. And because we, it was all three of us? Or no, just, in, just general? in general. Like it was never something that I knew or really had the vocabulary to talk about or understand well enough to talk about. About me and mom or just in general? Just in general, like depending on what, it, what the actual conversation was. I didn't ever know really how to talk about it. Hmm. Did you have a similar experience in that, Austin? Like as far as communication goes, what was your experience of, of like the dynamic of our relationship mm-hmm. and the opportunity to be able to talk about things? Yeah, I mean, I think I would talk about most things that I was having issues with, um, there were probably, there, there definitely were lots of topics that I didn't ever really want to breach. But I mean, even when we were talking about like, like seventh grade around then when I kind of fell out of being, fell out of the religious upbringing that I had was still like carrying over from elementary school. Um, like I was super comfortable talking to you about that, that sort of thing. Yeah, that was definitely a topic we we got into quite a bit. Yeah. The three of us. And then I guess individually mm-hmm, too. Mm-hmm. What, what topics didn't you approach? Probably just, I don't know, girls, maybe probably girls. Oh, I would really? talk to you about like having crushes on girls or things like that, but like nothing further than that. Um, do you remember we had the stereotypical birds and bees conversation on a farm? On a, it was like this. It was like something straight out of a movie. It, yeah. I think it was on your. I want to say it was your tenth birthday. Or oh, your, I don't remember that. You were around ten years. I, I, well, at the very least, around like close around ten years old, maybe eleven years old. But 
I had no idea what you were talking about. <laughs> I, I don't know if I've talked to you about this, but I had literally no idea what you were talking about. So that was that was a topic that I'd never ever breached with you either, outside of that conversation. But yeah, breach, I remember that's a pretty extreme word. Breach. I don't know. It's just the one that came to mind. Yeah. But we were we were at a friend's uh, mm-hmm. family's farm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and we were literally walking down a like a country road, this, yeah. this dirt, dirt path. gravel path mm-hmm. with horses and cows nearby and yeah. chickens and whatever. Yeah, it, it was straight out of a movie. It's kind of funny to yeah. think about. And I remember, yeah, I had no idea had what no we were idea. talking about. Man, I don't know if it was just way over my head or if you were. I think you were explaining it kind of weird. I was Thinking probably being super formal about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> pretty. Fo- I mean, it wasn't like weird. It definitely wasn't weird, but yeah. You just didn't know where it was going or no, why? No, I was or... just kind of like, okay. Like, I kind of I feel like I knew some of this already, maybe. But okay. Yeah. I do. I have, I have a vivid memory of that. So, so back yeah. to your, your comment, though. You felt like you couldn't really talk about girls. Why didn't you feel comfortable with that? Mostly just because it, it was just something that I wanted to talk about in kind of a, uh, I don't know, I watched lots of kids' uh, live-action Disney shows when I was younger. Okay. I think I kind of just wanted to talk about it in that kind of fun, carefree way. Uh. You were like, you should talk to her. And I was like, no, I don't, I'm okay, actually. <laughs> I'm okay. I'm just going to look from afar. Me? Serious? Yeah. What? <laughs> so I, I think that sort of thing was just like, it's like I don't want to, I don't want to, be uncomfortable yeah okay does it there's a certain i feel like and maybe again it's just me projecting but there's a almost like a certain irony in us doing this podcast right now because i know there's a certain you could call it a formality like i'm i'm going into host mode a little bit mm-hmm. uh, for anybody listening to this show and and don't know i have a another i have a photography related podcast and we've done over 500 episodes so i've i've had a little bit of practice in the last few years I don't know if it feels overly formal to you guys, but there's, I know that my tendency is to be a, not even a little bit, very much on the uptight side. And that, that holds true in what should be serious conversation mm-hmm. and many conversations that shouldn't be serious. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Do you feel like that affected our relationship at all over, especially the last, we'll call it six, seven, eight years? Yes, for yeah, sure. A little yeah. bit, at least a little bit. Come to Addy, I'll come back to you, Austin. What, what do you think? Just sometimes trying to have a conversation about like, Literally anything. Just like going to the mall. Small talk. You'll be like, who's going? What's Who's going to be there? <laughs> Just like less so more recently. But like in the past, like especially just starting middle school, going mm. like being like, hey, can I go to Northgate with like a group of friends? Be like, who's going to be there? Do I need to drive you? What time? Blah, 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 blah. And it just felt like it was kind of hard to make plans sometimes surrounding that. But it's gotten like you've gotten a little like a lot better recently. Just being more like less strict planning about stuff. Just be like, let a little me more know. go with the flow. Yeah, yeah. I I have this weird obsession with time and structure with time. And Austin's nodding his head. <laughs> yeah, and and Addie's yeah, very graciously laughing because I know I've been over the top with that many times. But I could see how yeah, I was I was more even more structured or strict or a little OCD about time as it related to plans before I have tried to learn how to be a little bit more go with the flow in that sense. But since we're here and I promise I'm coming back to you, Austin, you talked about how I was more structured back then, at least as it came to time with friends and Mm -hmm. making plans. But as you and I have discussed before as well, I know that there are some, some ways in which I was like less engaged 
Um, but for example, like take Instagram where I, my, my thought process was a little bit like you, you're going to get exposed to this thing or that regardless. So I don't need to make that much of an effort to come in and kind of filter what it is that you're seeing or looking at or reading or who you're following or that kind of thing. So it's kind of a weird, there's a bit of an irony or dichotomy there, which is in some ways I was super strict, but then in other ways I, I wasn't maybe as engaged as I should have been. And what's your like kid perspective on that? I don't know. I didn't really notice it a whole time. I don't think I just noticed like, I don't know if I really registered it as being a negative thing. So I just kind of noticed the stuff that in my brain I pictured as this is not like, this is not how it should be, or this is not how I want it to be. So I don't, for you, like yeah, what you for were me, like with or not. noticing that you're being more structured with this. I didn't really notice the lack of structure with other things. Cause I didn't really notice it as a bad thing necessarily. Oh, okay. Hmm. Okay. All right. I, I, we've touched on so many topics. I want to come back to you, but I'm trying to remember the same question that I was asking. You're Abby. asking about your uh, being being kind of uptight, being a little tense. Oh yeah, yeah. Talk to yeah. me about that because ours is an interesting relationship in that regard. Mm-hmm. Because whether it was kind of forced or it came more naturally mm-hmm. to, to you, you're you tend to be the more like structured, organized, mm-hmm. disciplined, have goals. All Definitely, and that's like a natural thing for me. I okay. Don't, yeah. Like. Ever since I was younger, it's always been structure. I mean, show find pictures of me and Addie on Christmas with Addie's presence, just like a normal kid, just there, just lying there, and me having to line everything up perfectly and see everything. And <laughs> do you remember this, Addie? Mm-hmm. I still do. This. He still did. Like yeah. last year at Christmas, I st- I he was like, Christmas. "I'm going to take a picture of all my presents." He, like stacks them all up and like lays <laughs> them all out so you can everything. see everything and i'm just feelings. like i just lay everything out flat and i take a picture yeah. of it like there's no organization so there was that and i was i've always like cleaning my room or reorganizing my room or whatever there was that which i don't know maybe i got it from you maybe it was just a quote natural thing but on top of that i i have always had a slightly more uh on edge uh persona in in the sense that when I, when I was really young, I would just kind of worry about everything. Like I think I got the Eeyore nickname a few times from, from y'all. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that is also carried over. So it's, it's kind of interesting because there's like these three different aspects, which is that kind of worrying anxious part of me that is yeah. still very much there. The structured part of me that is very much there. And then your presence of being uber structured on top of that. The, the whole nature versus nurture conversation is an mm-hmm. interesting one, and I know there are different takes on it. I, I tend to lean in the direction of nurture because I, right. I, I think, at least from personal experience in a way, that that does seem to be the stronger element in right. the way that we ultimately are formed as human beings. But So, so when, when we talk about the amount of structure that you exude in your life mm-hmm. and also the anxiety, I can't help but think about my impact on you, sure. positive or negative in that way. At this stage, I mean, even now, and of course, um, Addie was talking about the way that I pushed her or still mm-hmm. push her. I, despite the fact that you are so organized and disciplined mm-hmm. and structured, I still push you pretty yeah. hard too, especially with your music now. Yeah. Um, and this has been an interesting conversation and we can go into as much detail as you want, mm-hmm. but even as in the last say three months mm-hmm. or so, there have been some ways in which I kind of let the reins go. And, and there was maybe a sense of freedom on your part. Mm-hmm. And then 
recently where I've kind of reined him back in a little bit, mm-hmm. just trying to encourage smart decision making and, mm-hmm. and going in, in a healthy direction. Do you, as somebody who is a self-professed, organized, structured, discipline-driven mm-hmm. person, do you mm-hmm. find the way that I push you at this stage in your life off-putting? Do you find it helpful? What, what's the experience? I mean, it's it's a little bit of both because like eight, nine times out of ten when I've followed the things that you suggest, they help me. Like that's just, that's just something I've gotten used to realizing. <laughs> Accepting. Yeah, just kind of like getting over myself and realizing, okay, like you can listen to what your dad says, that's okay. Um, but then on the other hand, I'm, I'm trying to, uh, be easier on myself. Hmm. Um, because specifically with things like structure and, 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 and practice and that sort of thing. Cause I was just super, those, those things were the only things that were on my mind, like high school, um, like early high school, middle school, especially in regards to grades and that sort of thing. Um, and I'm just super hard on myself when I have a day that goes by where I'm not quote productive. Mm. Uh, and I'm trying to not be like that anymore. I'm trying to allow myself slip ups and mistakes and things like that. But it's, um, also trying to find a balance between just not, not being, not being lazy, you know? Do you think that comes, I mean, you say it comes naturally, but is there a certain amount of that that you, you think is probably just from the way that I pushed you when you were at home or? Yeah. Well, and this is like, I would say that, some of it comes from even like from trying to follow those orders and feeling guilty when I don't even the orders. Well, or okay. Again, dramatic word, but like follow those recommendations or those whatever and feeling guilty when I don't. So that's another thing that I still am trying to like get over. Like there's that I don't have to feel guilty if I don't do this thing or that thing. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's an interesting one. We could spend a lot of time on like the, the choices. So, realizing the significance of the principles behind the advice mm-hmm. or the, the so-called orders mm-hmm. yeah. that I give you. <laughs> <My bad. laughs> don't, you don't have to apologize. Again, it's telling and not necessarily for you more for, for me. I'm just thinking about as a dad and the way that I come across, but I don't know. It, separating the realization of the importance of certain principles mm-hmm. <clears throat> from then the, I guess the stage at which you're at in life where you're, making more choices for yourself mm-hmm. and then you got to own the consequences from those choices. Right. It's kind of an interesting stage. Yeah. 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 And for you and honestly for me too, sure. like, like I said, the recent conversations that we've had trying to balance, okay, you're, I mean, you know, we, we kind of get obsessed in our culture, I think with this notion that at 18 we're adults mm-hmm. and, and there's this kind of turning point, mm-hmm. but the reality is you're still when you're home, you're home, like mm-hmm. you're living at home. So we still have a, a pretty close parent, child relationship or parent young adult relationship. Mm -hmm. Uh, But like, where is that, that line, you know, Mm -hmm. where I should be giving you the space and letting you make choices and calls. And then where should I be stepping in and saying, eh, wait, wait, right. right, Go easy (laughs) or pull back, you know, don't do that. Yeah. That's a weird thing. Yeah, for sure. How do you feel Addy when it comes to the amount that I push you like at this stage right now, because you know, we've, we've talked about this and, and hopefully everybody's listening in. Here's the theme, which is we do actually talk a lot about our relationships and I've gotten to a place uh, over the years where I'm pretty transparent with my shortcomings. And, but would you say that, do you feel pushed 
too hard in some ways? Do you feel like, do you see kind of like Austin was talking about after the fact that there's some benefit to it? There's some mix of both. What's your experience? Kind of both. Um, there are times when it seems like a lot at like in the moment when we talk about it and I like think about it a little more and I'm like, this makes sense. I just don't know how I'm going to do it. Mm. <laughs> or like sometimes this makes sense, but it doesn't make sense to do it now. Like this is a thing that I can look at for an extended period of time and not do it right this moment. Yeah. There's, I know I'm guilty of based on (laughs) similar to what I was talking about earlier, like a certain amount of stress or something I'm dealing with in a day where I get fixated on an idea, something that I think you should do or that I should tell you. And when I do it because of wherever I'm at internally, I I come on strong and it's not about me yelling or screaming or it's using just kind of being excited about terrible language something that I could do. Well, there's that like sometimes, sometimes I get excited, yeah. but then yeah. sometimes I may be more upset about something that you didn't do or that I think you could do better. But I come, I know that I come off strong in those instances and I, and it's still a matter of me learning how to kind of dial that back and approach it in a way that resonates better with you. But do you, do you feel at the end of the day? Well, okay, you, you mentioned that, sometimes in the moment it feels too much. Mm -hmm. Like you don't know exactly what to do with that. Is it because there are so many other things you're also trying to do simultaneously that I've also asked for you to do? Mm -hmm. Like what, what not even that, that you specifically have asked me to do just things, so many things that I have to do. I don't under like fully grasp how I'm going to add that also to my plate. What's interesting about you. And again, I've told you this multiple times over because I'm so proud of it is that despite you not having the natural tendency toward organization and structure that, that Austin has, what you've accomplished is, especially in the last year or so, is really interesting to me. I mean, both of you guys do well in school. Your grades are good. But then you've gone from, I mean, you were playing flute and actually really good at it. It was a little bit of a bummer that you mm. decided you wanted to pull back from that. But you were playing flute and then ultimately decided you want to be a drum major. You got that opportunity this year as a junior in high school. And I've seen you for some time as a, as really a more of a natural leader. So to see you have that opportunity has been really cool. You got into ROTC, you very, very quickly risen through the literal ranks. In fact, you just got bumped what, this, this past week mm-hmm. from what to what? So it's an Air Force junior ROTC program. Um, and I was a, at the end of last year, I was a senior airman, which is the fourth rank you can get up to. And then they bumped me up to a tech sergeant, which is the sixth rank, I think. But I didn't, I was like, you guys gave me the wrong ranks. Like I came into school the next day and I was like, so you gave me tech sergeant. Like I ended the year as a senior airman. She was like, yeah, I know you were on the list to get the tech sergeant. I was like, whoa, okay, (laughs) I guess. But I don't know. It's exciting. Well, it is exciting, but but I'm not surprised either because I, I, I genuinely think there's this ability and leadership that doesn't come as naturally for Austin because of you know whatever reasons the way that he thinks like you just have this kind of quiet confidence about you and the thing that's interesting to me despite your natural bubbliness and excitement and like you get around people that you like and you just get excited and that energy comes out which is cool but in situations of stress you may get quiet but you're you're super calm mm-hmm. and that's really interesting especially as you are also in the nursing tract at school and you plan on being an RN right mm-hmm are in um, either ER or with kids. Which I think is just like right up your alley. Although I'm also kind of curious to see how ROTC plays out. And if you, because we've talked a little bit about whether or not maybe you'd be interested Mm -hmm. in military service too, right? Yeah. More specifically, like 
military nurse medicine in the military just because it's a it's a high pressure kind of thing but i think it's a high pressure kind of thing that i would fit in well with i think that yeah i think that's right up your alley for sure well this is i love where this conversation's gone and when i told you guys before we started it and i just kind of like sprung it on you out Mm -hmm. of the blue we were at brunch and i was like hey so do you guys be willing to do this today um, you're both very gracious in allowing that and Austin with your limited time because you're getting ready to go back to school this afternoon yeah, yeah. and dig into another 68 hours of practice Something before like tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> um, but what I also said to you before we did this today was I think maybe it'd be kind of cool to just let this be a springboard, like a starting place in this conversation. I think it's going to be good for me, selfishly. Hopefully it's good for us too. Mm-hmm. I know it's a little bit of a formal setting in which to have conversation um, the different dynamic than when we do stuff off air, but I think there'd be really cool opportunity to continue this conversation, go mm-hmm. back to some of the things we talked about, explore some new parts or new elements of conversation moving forward. Maybe once or twice a year, we can come back together yeah. and kind of give everybody an update. And then Addie is um, also been willing to get involved with a love portrait. So I have so many things going on in, in the business world. Um, the idea of doing a podcast on top of that and trying to produce it, a little bit overwhelming to say the least. And that's really the reason why this podcast has been on, on hold for so long now, just too many things to juggle, but Addie has been willing to, to get involved. And at least for the time being that she's at home the next year and a half or so before she goes to school, um, to produce the podcast. So that's going to be kind of a fun thing that, that she and I get to do together. And, and, um, I'm looking forward to that. We'll leave this conversation here for now. Um, and we'll come back to it. But before we go, Addison and then Austin, any kind of last thoughts for, because, you know, there are going to be people listening in who maybe are closer to your age mm-hmm. and are curious about relationships. People that are parents, like in my shoes, who have kids maybe similar to your age, who can relate to some of the conversation at hand. Um, some closing thoughts for either one of those segments of the population <laughs> to get super formal. For both, you just got to talk to people. Mm. Like if there's an issue, just talk to somebody. Mm. Talk to the person. It's the issue. Don't talk to somebody else. Just go straight to the yeah. person and be like, hey, this is the problem. I don't know how to, like, I don't know what we can do about it, but can we do something about it? Mm. Can I ask where that comes from? Friends. <laughs> really? <laughs> Having issues with, like, how friends have approached. Uh, I was secretly hoping had all these wonderful conversations that you've had with us i've just learned so much and i want to encourage everybody else to have that same vibe i'm more specifically thinking like friends or leadership and like band and ro okay if you have an issue with something you go straight to the person you have the issue with yeah like you don't it's the one time you don't really follow a chain of command if you have an issue with a specific person you go to them and you say hey this is the issue i have is there something i can do on my part that will change my attitude towards this like Mm. is there something i'm missing Mm -hmm. or is there something you can do that can change this attitude Mm. towards a certain thing i love that though because you you mentioned this earlier even back when you guys were in elementary school i was encouraging you to go engage Mm -hmm. teachers with respect kindness uh, but don't be afraid to engage them in conversation and i think i would even say adult conversation Mm. engage them in that way and i love that that you've picked that up and you've run with that Austin, closing suggestions, advice, thoughts as it relates to relationships or our relationship? Probably two things, which is learning to leave your ego at the door, Mm. which is something that I've been struggling with. Uh, And it's funny you mentioned that the thing with the teachers, because that was 
That was something that I took advantage of, essentially, when I was in middle school, especially, was touting myself as maybe not being better than the teachers, but questioning everything that they were doing to a fault Hmm. and just kind of being a jerk about it. (laughs) Um, But then the second thing being kind of one of my favorite pieces of just general relationship advice, which is um, there's this idea that like it's 50, 50, everybody, it's a give and take thing, but always giving, always thinking about it. Like you're giving 60% and they're giving 40%. If, if everybody's thinking about the relationships like that, things will go a lot more smoothly because you're not relying on the other person for X thing or Y thing. You're always assuming that you're the one who's going to be giving a little bit more, um, which is something I have to like remind myself of. I'm not exactly very good at following it. I don't think about it all the time, but thinking about it, it's, it's probably one of my favorite pieces of relationship advice. What's the challenge in that? Is it is it waiting for somebody to, like you have certain expectations in your mind as it relates to friendship or a romantic relationship that you're waiting for the other person to come meet a certain need? Or what are you, what are you thinking about that? Yeah, like the other person meeting a certain need or doing a certain thing for you or something like that. Kind of just always assuming that you're the one who's giving more. Like, not because the other person isn't giving enough, because you want to be the one who's giving more, which then means that both of you are but giving and giving. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So if if you're always thinking of the relationship as being 60-40 in a positive way, that you're trying to make it 60-40, um, I think that's beneficial. Cool. All right. This has been great, guys. Yeah. yeah thank you for... Fun. No, seriously. Thank you for doing it. And... Addie and I still have to even work out these details. We we hadn't even we've been talking for the last I hesitate to admit it, but yeah, she said six months <laughs> about getting this thing relaunched and how we'd go about it and what it would look like. We even bought a laptop specifically so that you would have the the processing power that like the the ability to be able to the tools to be able to process the um, the podcast to do the post production work. So. I'm glad that we're doing this, but that being said, we literally decided to do this today. So we don't have all the the social media details and the production schedule and all that stuff worked out. What I will say is for everybody listening in, if you're not following us already, follow us at a love portrait, a love portrait on Instagram. And not only can you see past episodes, information about past episodes, and by the way, search for the past episodes. There are five out. Uh, they are all romantic relationships. And, uh, there, there wasn't, would you say, Eddie, that there is, I mean, the bit that you heard, was there a consistency to them and they were kind of varying as far as the the production, the the way that we used music and I don't know, was there, was there a pattern there? Not really. Not really. The music was kind of used in like spurts and the topics always seemed to be a little bit similar. Okay. Well, that being said, this has been very much an experience, experiment in the making, uh, and it will probably continue to be at least for a little bit while we get things moving. But at the very least, follow us, A Love Portrait, on Instagram, and then you can search A Love Portrait, the podcast, on any of your favorite podcast players. I just recommend Spotify because it's kind of easiest. But um, search A Love Portrait, subscribe, turn on notifications, keep up with the latest episodes. And lastly, if you're interested in being on A Love Portrait to share your experience in whatever type of relationship, romantic, family, friends, or otherwise, if you want to share on the podcast and want to be part of the show, then go to aloveportrait.com. You can fill out a little questionnaire there or submit your interests. Let us know of your interests and we can work out the details from there. Thank you, guys. Love you, you guys. Love you, too. Love you.